Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You need to, you need to know what's happening. It's, 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 it's time to get in the huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason LaCanfora. Welcome to the Thursday edition of the In the Huddle podcast. I am Jason Lockenfor. I have the pleasure to be joined by my buddy Brian Baldinger. Uh, Carl Dukes is uh, otherwise preoccupied, but will be back with us next week. I'll be back with Carl uh, next Tuesday to break down Week 17. But Baldy, we've got to break down some of what uh, has happened midweek here. We've had some major quarterback developments. And then we'll shift our attention to some of the key games on the upcoming weekend schedule. Um, But let's start with what everybody in the NFL is talking about right now. Derek Carr um, benched. He won't play ever again for the Raiders. He won't be active on game day ever again for the Raiders. I'm not shocked. I wrote about this a couple weeks ago uh, at the Washington Post. I saw this one coming. Um, But it is obviously jarring. and it, did, it, it creates major questions for the Raiders to have to try to solve this offseason because well, uh, Jared Stidham's not the answer. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I mean, if the Raiders were eliminated, Jason, I mean, flat out eliminated, mm-hmm. you go, all right, you want to take a look at a young player that I think we all kind of know what he is. He's never started a game. He's thrown 61 passes, you know, for two different franchises, New England and, and the Raiders. But – you know, if you're Max Crosby, if you're Devontae Adams, and you're in that locker room, and then Josh Jacobs, who leads the league in rushing, if you're one of those members, and, and amongst others, Colton Miller, name a guy, and the organization says, we're going to start Jared Stidham, and Derek Carr won't even be in the building. I mean, you've basically just thrown in the towel. But you want, yeah. you want Max Crosby to go out there and play as hard, and Devontae to go to sure. – and I know they didn't play well in Pittsburgh, and I know Derek Carr didn't play well. And he'd be the first to tell you that the last throw to Hunter Renfro was horrible. But I'm just thinking about the rest of the team, Jason. Like, okay, you have an issue at quarterback. You got to figure it out. But at what expense? Like, I we have seen this happen when teams are eliminated. But they're not. I mean, it's a long shot. But we've seen long shots happen before. There's always chances. Things can go right. Um, I just don't agree with the decision right now at all on any level. The bench Derek Carr for Jared Stidham. It, it's like, well, it's it's over. It's not over, but it's it's over. But it's it's not over. And keep going out there and bust your ass for me. But it's over. The boss man <laughs> wants a draft pick, or the boss man wants a new quarterback, yeah. right? Like it kind of feels like that a little bit. Well, I, it does. And you know, I think that you know the Jets probably a couple of years ago wish they didn't beat the Rams when they hadn't. They were yeah. winless. And maybe they would have Trevor Lawrence right now. Um, you know, I mean, you go back in history here, Jason, and say, but this isn't that situation. The Raiders aren't going to be the first pick. You know, they're, right. they're going to be the quarterback market. Um, you're going to put a guy in there that has never started a game uh, in Jared Stidham. The backup has never played, put a uniform on the rookie from Cal, Chase Garbers. So if anything happens to Stidham, you're going to play a, put a guy in there that has never put a uniform on in the NFL. So, it's just, 
you know, I understand these are some business decisions. You can't get Derek Carr hurt. We're moving on from them. But it's just a tough message for the rest of the locker room. Such a crazy quarterbacking year. I mean, I, I was thinking about this the other day. It's almost like there's a quarterback crisis yet again. Like last week, you could look at Brock Purdy, Baker Mayfield, even the kid Desmond Ritter, I thought, acquitted himself well as three of the higher-functioning, better quarterbacks. Right? We're looking at these situations where the right. Colts are back to foals and the commanders, who wanted nothing to do with Carson Wentz three weeks ago. Like right. when they played the Giants for the first time, nobody was wondering when Carson Wentz is going to practice right. again, right? They're back to Carson Wentz. Like we've seen the yo-yoing going on in Houston, right? Like, and, yeah. and, and like we've seen Sam Darnold, like he's functioning for Carolina, but yeah. he's not doing a whole lot, right? We got yeah. Colt McCoy. Now he's concussed. We don't even know what's going on there. The Jets are playing scrubber in prime time. Like, right. Th there's a lot of funky quarterback situations throughout this league. Some born by injury, some born, born by mismanagement, but the state of quarterbacking, I think, as we head into the playoffs, league-wide, it, it, it's more bad than good. Well, you know, and, and nothing's worse than what's going on in Denver because they literally have a bomb Ooh. strapped to their back with the situation yes. that they have there. But it goes back – I mean, I'd probably say this every single offseason, Jason, because we're, we're already getting ahead of it, you know, with the quarterback carousel that's going to spin. But – we never have enough good quarterbacks, Jason. Never. Like when this was a 12-team league, there wasn't enough good quarterbacks. You know? And so, I mean, Sonny Jurgensen gets traded from the Eagles to, you know, back then the Redskins. So, Washington. I mean, there's just never been enough. And it's going to be the same thing. Now, I don't know what these quarterbacks coming out of, you know, college are. Nobody really knows at this point. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a the four-month vetting process that has to go through it. and We'll figure it out. But, you know – you know, to your point, Jason, would you rather have Zach Wilson or Brock Purdy? You know, I mean, it's like just, yeah. I mean, it's just, so it's just still that much of a crapshoot right now. Well, and it, it does make me shake my head. Um, and we'll get to two in that situation in a minute that like the Eagles could have two starting quarterbacks and there's probably off the top of my head, 12 to 14 teams that don't have any. You're right. You know, like, Gardner Minshew, I don't know if he's the 16th best quarterback. I don't know if he's the 18th best quarterback. I don't know games, if he's the 20th he best, but he's not the 36th. He's not no. the 40th. He's not the 45th. No, I mean, you know, if Gardner Minshew was quarterbacking the Jets from start to finish this year, they'd, they'd be, be in the playoffs. Yeah. So, yes, uh, I don't know. Derek Carr is the 26th ranked quarterback in the league. He's not having a good season. He's Leads the league in interceptions, and, you know, he, he threw some really poor passes uh, last week against Pittsburgh. I mean, Kenny Pickett looked better than him on the final drive, put together a drive to go win the game. I mean, those are the things that you want your quarterback to be able to do. Let's get to Tua. Um, obviously, the, first of all, like, it's horrible for this young man. Um, Carl and I talked about it on Tuesday. There's a lot of sort of science to this, and there's some nuance to this and their shared responsibility and them spotting it and him right. being as forthcoming as can be as quickly as can be about, Hey, I did hit my head or Hey, I may feel like this. Like there's a lot that goes into this 
And we'll find out with this NFL and NFLPA joint investigation if they come to any sweeping conclusions. I wouldn't hold my breath. Um, but the reality is he's not playing football for them this week. I don't think he's going to play football for them next week. Like, like I, I, That would be really shocking to me considering he's already missed multiple weeks with a concussion this year and these things get exacerbated when they happen in rapid succession. <clears throat> and it, it's going to – it's it, it's going to be a question that they have to address in the off season, you know, uh, 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 about his future. Yeah, no doubt. Jason, look, I was at a Cowboys reunion three weeks ago and I saw a bunch of my old teammates and some of them aren't doing well. Yeah. And it's, it's concussion related. He's a young man. He's got the world in front of him. He's a great kid. Everybody loves Tua. He's got a great family. He's got a wife. He's got a kid. Like if I'm Tua, like, I'm not playing. Like, forget about what the, you know, I mean, here, we're always in concussion protocol. Like, if, like he's going to come out of this and play. Like, if I'm right. Tua, two, two in a season, and especially as close as they've been from Cincinnati yeah. to last week against Green Bay. It's it. It's it. Like, and then, then you do all of the cognitive tests, you do all of the, everything that is possible to see what type of, what type of possible damage is there to this point. And then you have to make a firm decision. Like, is this worth, is it worth it going yeah. forward? Like it's, you just have, I mean, it's just that serious. It just is because the long-term effects are devastating. And we've all seen the studies and we've all seen the players that have been affected and it's, it's concerned. And look, not everybody gets them. Not everybody's susceptible to them, yeah. you know, but certain guys' brains are susceptible to these hits where he's, he's bouncing his head off the turf it's no different than being in a car accident and you just get yeah. the whiplash and, you know, part of the cranium is going up against the skull and it's damaging it. And, you know, the Dolphins would be a whole lot better if they just came out and said, just this, our only concern is about the health of Tua. That's it. Like, not about concussion protocol at this point. Maybe yeah, back yeah. in Cincinnati right. when they just, you know, bounced him right off the turf like that, you might say something like that. But at this point, like – the only statement the Dolphins, in my mind, should be making is, our only concern is the health and welfare of Tua Tonga-Valoa. Yeah, I, I, you know, we obviously hope that he's feeling symptom-free um, sooner rather than later. And it, it is um, really sad. You know, we're talking about 25, 26, 27-year-old kids having to meet their sort of career mortality, right, and have these kind of macro-level um, where am I going from here? Conversations with their loved ones and their agents yeah. and such. But yeah, it, it, it certainly seems like those conversations are in order. In the short term, the Miami Dolphins now are trying to basically uh, shake off a month of a funk, right? A month of losing. I thought going back home might be just what the doctor ordered. It certainly looked like it in the first half. Um we haven't seen that much of Teddy Bridgewater, right? Because he got hurt very early in a game early this season, and they were going to the Skylar Thompson kid. What are your What are your expectations for Bridgewater? Can you know, What do you think of this Dolphins Patriots game? I feel like the Patriots can defend uh, the Dolphins. You know, they played they played Week One. Tua made a great throw on fourth down uh, right before the half that you know ended up being a big Waddle touchdown, kind of blew the game open. But I feel like. You know, the, there's going to be some protection issues. Teddy Bridgewater is not a guy that's just going to, you know, get out of harm's way. But when Yushe and Judon are coming at you the way they're coming after quarterbacks right now, 
in the way that, you know, young Marcus Jones, some of these defensive yeah. backs are starting to – I mean, I, I feel like the Patriots, as hard as they are to watch some days, uh, they still do a lot of really good things. And I don't know that when Teddy played, he didn't give you a lot of confidence, didn't give me yeah. a lot of confidence that he could win. But even, you know, even as well as Tua played in the first half, I mean, if they're not getting the ball down the field to Tyreek and Jalen Waddle regularly, yeah. they just don't look very good. And you can go back to San Francisco and the Chargers and all these games where they've lost now. And, you know, defensively, they they've it looks like on a roster it might be stacked with some of the players and the names that they have. But they're not exactly shutting teams down at all. No. And so I don't think you could count on Miami's defense to go up there and say, okay, let's keep the Patriots to 13 points. And, you know, let's make it a fourth quarter game. Like, I, I don't think they can play that style. Yeah, I, I, I don't either. And it's, it's interesting, the Miami running game, which I think a lot of us felt like, well, the one thing you're going to get from McDaniel day one is yeah. they're going to be a monster week in, week out, especially once they got Armstead, right? They're going to be a monster to defend on the ground. And then if he can bring Tua along the way, like, so be it. And they were bombs away, well, with Yak. They were big play away from the beginning, and, and the run game's really been uh, – Fits and starts. Um, Panthers, Bucks, maybe the biggest game of the weekend. I mean, you've got a division title essentially yeah. on the line. Tampa finds ways to win. They they get in that no huddle two minute and they move the ball late. That's how they win games. I've been thinking for weeks they would do more of that to start a game or to start their second drive. They haven't. If you look at the numbers, the Panthers don't fare all that well versus no huddle offenses. And that's a pretty stout defense. Um, I kind of like the Panthers here. I, I, I think they are loose, and I love what Steve Wilkes has done. Uh, what are your keys to this one, Bob? Well, you know, these teams played week seven. <laughs> the Bucks put up three points, Jason. It was an ugly, yeah, ugly affair. Um, now, things have, you know, in Carolina is one for the last six. What they did to Detroit, I never expected. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they, they just – they just gassed him so so bad with Dante Foreman. All he ever does, wherever he goes, he's a good back. And I didn't know Chuba Hubbard had, you know, 130 in him like he did. Anyways, it's a good offensive line. They got good pieces in Carolina. They got a good offensive line. Big Ick was the right pick at left tackle. He's really coming on. They got a good offensive line. They got a good defense. Now, they lost J.C. Horn, which is their best corner yeah. uh, last week, and that's too bad. They brought in Josh Norman. That's not a good sign. Um, if Josh Norman has to play, and you go, okay, that plays the, the Bucks' strength with the receivers. They got Tristan Wurst back. That helped a little bit last week. Um, I feel like the Bucks can win an- another 19-16 game. I feel like that's kind of what it's mm-hmm. going to look like. I don't expect the Carolina to run for 250 yards, you know, and but that's what they have been doing. They've been running the ball like that. I'm going to be there in that game in Tampa on Sunday. I'm excited about it. But I expect Brady, you know, if this is a close game at the end, to do what we seem to do against the Saints and the Cardinals and come down the field and put a drive together to win a game. I mean, I think they can win the division and take care of business doing it. I expect it to be close like that. But they're yeah, but this been- hurry. You know, it, 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 it is not a, a team that's built for the postseason. You can't keep throwing it 50 times a game. Um, yeah. Nobody looks excited in Tampa. Nobody looks no. like the formula. Nobody looks like, oh, now we got our confidence in our mojo. I mean, nothing they do 
make you feel like that. No. No, it's like hope hope our 45-year-old quarterback can win it for us in the final drive. Like that's their game script week in, week out. Yeah. That's a tough way to go. Um, another critical game. It's not going to settle a division, but it could certainly settle the Green Bay Packers season yeah. in terms of uh, any postseason potential. Vikings, another weird one against the Giants. They just find ways to win games. Packers, some think they're completely off the mat. And, boy, you don't want to see them in the postseason. I'm still not sold on exactly how good they are. Um, Dome team playing outside, Lambeau Field. Uh, what do you like here? Well, you know, they, they, they played week one. And Green Bay, I, I, get, I don't know if it was a conscious decision. But somehow they didn't cover the best receiver in football, Justin Jefferson. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he had nine catches for 182 yards and two touchdowns. They didn't cover him either touchdown. So I hope they have a better game plan. But they have <laughs> broken down defensively. They did it last week against Miami in yep. the first half. Couldn't stop Waddle. I mean, they just are not a good defense. So I, I expect Minnesota can go up there and move the ball on them. I don't know what the weather's going to be like at Lambeau or whatever. But, you know, Green Bay's offense, they still struggle. They got a couple big plays last week. Got yeah. one to Lazard, got one to, you know, Mercedes Lewis. They need those plays. They need Christian Watson in the lineup. I was surprised he didn't come back in the game. He must be pretty serious. Um, I, I met him for the first time last Sunday. He's a, he's really, a, I mean, he's a wiry kid, kid, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's, you know, he's got a big smile. I mean, he's, a, he, he's, I think he's going to be a player in this league. Um, you know, he put up those eight touchdowns in four games and, you know, he was just blowing everybody out. He's there, he, you know, they need him. So I, I don't know what his status is. I feel a little bit better about Green Bay um, and taking care of the chances if Christian Watson was playing. Yeah, I mean, can take this game out of it. Can the Vikings be a sustained factor in the NFC playoffs? Can they keep doing this I don't and believe be three straight teams. good teams? I don't, you know, everybody wants to put it on Kirk Cousins and can Purple Eight, can his swag carry him? I, I don't believe in their defense. I mean, I saw Daniel Jones have the best game he's had in six years, you know, up there. And look, Isaiah Hodgins and Richie James and Darius Slayton are what they are, but I saw him go up and down the field on them. They had plenty of chances to win that game. You saw it. Um, but I but I watch them week in and week out, and I just don't believe. I mean, I see Isaiah Hodgins beating Patrick Peterson last week. I think there's real concern yeah. there in the secondary and what they've got back there. And can that, you know, in a playoff game, um, you know, shut teams down. I haven't seen, I haven't seen teams do that. I mean, the Colts put up 33. And I know they were punt block and pick six and all that, but I don't, I don't know. Like they, they look like that's not a team built for the postseason to go far. This is the in the huddle podcast. Uh, we thank you guys for listening uh, to us on the Odyssey app. Um, wherever you get your podcast, we'll be joined in a few minutes by Nick Costos to talk about these games from a gambling perspective. Nick holds it down uh, on you better you bet. Uh, but before we do, Baldy, we got an old school slobber knocker. They 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 move this game into the prime time window on Sunday night. Raven Steelers, you cannot kill off a Mike Tomlin football team. They're they're not only alive. To have a winning season, they're still alive for the playoffs. Um, the Ravens are winning games with Tyler Huntley. They're mm-hmm. doing so without scoring any points and relying on defense and run game. These teams met a few weeks ago. It was 16-14. Um, now, 
Pittsburgh may have scored more had Trubisky not thrown three picks on four possessions. I kind of like the Steelers in this spot on the road. I like the way their defense is playing. I like the way they're running the ball. I like the way Kenny Pickett protects the football. And they have a whole lot more on the line than the Ravens, who will be without Lamar Jackson yet again, Bobby. Well, it's um, – I mean, it's just they, – they just play this game on a different level of physicality. I mean, it's it's the, the standard is the standard versus play like a Raven. And, you know, and they 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 know what it means. They they, And so I, I, I like the Steelers. I like, Steelers. I, like, I like the fact that their defense line is healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cam Hayward is an amazing, amazing player. Um, you know, but when you put TJ and Cam and Ogunjobi and Alex Highsmith up there, and you put Mink in the middle of the field, like they've got real players that can affect the game on any given play. And look, look, I mean, the Ravens, their passing attack is just almost non-existent. And you're going to have to throw the ball. And at least the, the Steelers can go to, you know, pick it to pick it. Yeah. And, you know, they, they can win games like they did the other day and they can make splash plays doing it. Um but, you know, and I love the way J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards have been running over the last month. They've been running the ball really well. and But I don't think it's enough right now. I just don't think it's enough. And maybe Justin Tucker kicks field goals and, you know, they, they cross the 50 and they're in field goal range. Yeah. But, you know, and so it's, uh, I don't know, 16-13 game. But uh, I like the Steelers the way they're playing. I believe that Mike Tomlin will once again have a winning record yep. for the 16th year in a row. I also feel like, and all the stories people are sort of looking at there with the Steelers and their turnaround and, you know, the quarterback and running the ball better during this five and two streak and Watts back, although Watts, I don't think really Watt. I feel like their corner play, Wallace and Sutton, have really kind of stepped it up a notch. And now they've got multiple guys who might jump something and pick it off and take it back a little ways the other way. Well, it helped that Derek Carr was making some of those throws, you know, and they were yeah. bouncing off, you know, defense, you know, offensive receivers because they were thrown behind them or the last throw where I don't know what Mink is doing on the throw that it was down the field to Hunter Renfro. But, I mean, the Raiders could have easily won that game the way that they defended it. But, you know, anyways, uh, they're, they're just playing better. Playing, You know, they, sometimes it takes a whole season to figure it out. And, you know, we've seen um, – we see Najee just get stronger, and the offensive line, they're not very good, but at least they line up the same five guys every week. And, you know, they haven't – you know, they, they've been uh, – they've gotten a little bit better. Um, they're, they're not the answer going forward. But, you know, they, they basically have figured a little bit out with Jalen uh, Warren and, and Najee, you know, what they're doing out of the backfield right now. they got an identity. Um, I think this team is going to the postseason. Uh, I am, I am with you. Um, one other game to touch on here. And I think Nick is going to be joining us here in a minute. Well, we got to get, we got to go straight to Monday night here, Jason. Yeah. Because this is just, this is as big a matchup as we've had in the league this year. Uh, Yes, sir. In Cincinnati. I mean, just Buffalo's won six in a row. Cincinnati's won seven in a row. Um, the two quarterbacks are the story. Uh, they've thrown 66 touchdowns combined. And it's just a total contrast in styles, Jason. I mean, Joe Burrow throws the ball on rhythm and timing nearly every single play. The ball comes out of his hands. He drops, whether it's three-step, five-step, seven-step, hitch and throw. And his trust in T. Higgins and Jamar and, you know, whether it's to Trent Irwin for a 33-yard touchdown, 
Like, it is unbelievable to watch how the rhythm that he throws the ball. And while Josh Allen can do that and does do that, so many of his throws and big plays are off-schedule throws. It also gets him in trouble a little bit. And so you yes. say, can those throws that we all love to watch, and we all love to watch the talent and the arm and all those things that he can do, it does get him into trouble. And is that sustainable when you go to the postseason and you can't make mistakes, but yet you still have to be aggressive? And we might see some of that play out uh, in Cincinnati in the jungle on Monday night.